Hi, this is Pastor Jack C. Pigeon at West Houston Christian Center, and I want to welcome you to Living with Purpose. And we are continuing our study on thinking on purpose. And uh, I know that last week we were talking about being carnally minded compared to being spiritually minded. And uh, I just want to reiterate that, you know, when we are carnally minded, that is always equated with living at the lowest level of faith. To be carnally minded is what I'm really saying is, is that I am dependent on someone else, that I do not yet, have not yet developed the faith that I need to do what I need to do, but I'm still dependent on someone else doing it for me. Carnal thinking, it's a low level of thinking, and it's always about self-preservation. What about me? We talked about last week when Peter was talking to Jesus, and Jesus said, Peter, you know, this revelation of who I am, man, this is what the whole church is going to be built on, Peter, and you're a rock. And I'm sure, as we said, Peter got just puffed up and like, oh my gosh, you know, I finally said something right. I finally did something right. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus starts to explain what was going to happen to him when he went to Jerusalem, how he was going to be tried, how he's going to be crucified, how he was going to be killed and then raised from the dead. And Peter, all of a sudden, when he started thinking about, well, wait a minute, that's going to affect me personally. Peter automatically shifted from being spiritually minded where there was revelation to being carnally minded where he was more concerned now about himself. And so, as I said last week, we switched back and forth between being carnally minded and spiritually minded. Our goal is for us to always be spiritually minded. You know, I, I tell people, if, if, if you want the surefire way, if you want to wake up filled with God every single day, if you want to wake up spiritually minded, if you want to wake up filled with the Holy Ghost, if you want to be, if you want to wake up filled with revelation, if you want to wake up with joy, with peace and all these things, you have to do one thing. You have to go to bed that way. This has to be a lifestyle of what we're doing. In order for me to even live with purpose, I have to I don't want to take my life and I don't want to section it or compartmentalize each part of my life and I decide which parts I'm going to give to God and which parts I'm going to hold on to. I can't decide that I'm going to, let's say, live by faith in one area of my life but not live by faith in another. When the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith, it tells us that we live by faith. I don't vacation in faith. Faith is not a place that I go visit once in a while. Faith is a lifestyle, and in order for me to be what the Bible calls spiritually minded, for me to be a mature Christian, for me to actually understand, for me to have the meat of the word, and we've talked about this before, the meat of the word, the difference between meat and milk, milk is I always have to be fed milk. Babies are always fed. I've never seen a toddler, I've never seen a baby go and get milk for themselves. It always has to be fed to them. Whereas meat is something that I can feed myself, but not just feed myself with meat, I can feed others. And so if I really want to walk in the meat of the word, then I want to walk, I want to be spiritually minded, which means that I want to take the word on a regular basis. I want to renew my mind with it. And then I want to change the way that I think. The battlefield is in the mind, and we're going to get into that today. You know, uh, the, the biggest battlefield, the battlefield that you and I deal with on a regular basis, the place where we get the most attacked is not really in our physical body, although that does happen, but it's in our thinking. Every day, there are thoughts that are coming to us, from us, above us, in us, and around us. 
and we have a choice as to which one of those thoughts that I want to grab onto. Your life is the sum total of the thoughts that you hold on to and the thoughts that you let go of. I'll say that again. Your life is the sum total of the thoughts that you hold on to and the thoughts that you let go of. The more of my own carnal thinking that I let go, the more of those earthly, fleshly, self-induced, pride-induced, lust-induced thoughts that I let go, and the more of God's thoughts, God's words, God's commands that I allow in, I'm going to have a better life. Why? Because I'm filling my thoughts with His words. I'm letting those words go deep inside of me. And then when I open them, they're imparting true life and a radiant grace and health into my very being. So your thoughts are important. I want to jump in a different direction this morning. And this is something that we had talked about a little bit before, but I, I've got some, uh, some fresh revelation on it that I want to go back to. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want to encourage you, get your Bible, get your notebook, take some notes, uh, go back, listen to the previous weeks. You know, I've been talking about thinking since day one on living with purpose, but go back, read the notes, and uh, uh, write down what the Lord is telling you. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and that's why I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which is still good. 2 Corinthians chapter three, uh, 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And just for um, some definition's sake, that word imaginations, when it talks about casting down imaginations, uh, those are called calculated arguments or thoughts. That means or reaching a personal opinion. They are called proud obstacles or reasonings. We all have or had imaginations or opinions. We all have opinions, and opinions are wonderful. We all have them. Uh, we all share them, but what I can't do and what I think Paul was trying to say is, is that I cannot exalt my own personal opinion about anything above what God says about it. And I've used the uh, example about tithing before. You know, tithing is a biblical principle. It's in every book of the Bible. It's in the book of Genesis. It was put in writing before the law of Moses was ever brought into place. God knew that the tithe was the one thing that when he did put it in the law was going to guarantee that Israel was always prosperous. As long as they were a tithing nation, they would be prosperous. We come into the New Testament, and now we don't have to tithe. We get to tithe. And there are scriptures in Matthew, there are scriptures in Hebrews which talk about specifically tithing. Tithing is a biblical principle. It works in my life. I'm a user of that, of that principle. It's worked over and over and over, every principle about tithing. But sometimes when it comes to dealing with money, if we think more highly of money than we do about God's principle about it, we become high-minded. I begin to have my opinion 
about what is higher. My opinion, the, the Bible says this, but I have an opinion, Pastor Jack. I know better. You know, tithing passed away. Tithing was under the law. Tithing, you know, uh, all these different things. And those are wonderful. You can have an opinion, but does that opinion rise above the level of what God says about it? It's the same with healing. It's the same with anything in the Bible. You know, it's amazing where and who shapes our opinions. And that's why it's so important that we want to always go back to the Word of God. You know, it's okay for us to ask questions. And asking questions is not the same as having an opinion. I think we should get into the Bible for ourselves. We should search things out. Just because I say something doesn't necessarily make it true. And that's why we're really encouraging people to read Acts chapter 17. And it talks about this group in this Berean church. And Paul said that they were, would receive the Word of God uh, readily, that they were ready to receive the Word of God, but they went and studied it out for themselves, and that's where they got the revelation from. See, we don't just want to take what someone is saying at face value, because that's where you could sometimes, and even me, I can preach my own opinions sometimes about something, but I have to make sure that my opinions are not rising above uh, what the Bible says about something. So that word um, it says the high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That high thing is exactly what it sounds like. That which is lifted up, that is presumption, and that is height. The lowest level of communication is presumption. And anything that I rise above, anything that I presume to be higher than God's thoughts, that can become an idol in my life. Anything that I just make a presumption about where I don't even go look at it, I just believe it because I believe it, Pastor Jack. I believe it because this is what I think. I am amazed at how many people, when you ask them about their eternal life, when they ask about, when you talk about eternity and where they're going to spend it, they will respond with some of the most pious well, you know, I think this or I think that. What are you basing that on? What I'm trying to base my life on, what I'm trying to base um, uh, what I am believing and what I'm living in revelation is what does the Bible say about it? Like I said, it is okay to have your opinions. You know, the Bible is not written for one person to have the, all the revelation or to have all the manifestation. You know, you might see a scripture one way and I might see it another, but we're both getting revelation. Does that make sense? So it's okay for us to have opinions, but I just want to make sure that I'm not just presuming something. That's, that's, that's presumption is I'm just throwing it up on top saying, I don't even need to go look. I believe what I believe, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, I want you to go back. We're in 2 Corinthians still, chapter 10, but I want us to read specifically about verse 4, and this is where we're going. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Uh, let me read it out of another translation. I believe it's the Passion. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. That's the Passion's translation. Now, I want to say this, and this is where we're going with this right now, and this is what we're going to start for the next couple of weeks. The battle for the mind is the battle for the high ground. There is a battle for the high ground in your life, and this is a principle that has been there since the beginning of time, 
And if you were to ask someone in the military, I did a little bit of research. I was not in the military, but I did some research. And I want to give you some of the advantages of having the high ground. In the military, the high ground offered many advantages. Number one, it's an elevated vantage point offering a wide field of view enabling surveillance of an area. Number two, it extends the range of your weapons. When you have the high ground, now you have to remember that this is before we got into smart weapons and those types of things which can be fired from anywhere in the world. This was traditional warfare that went back thousands of years ago. But if you had the high ground, it extended the range of your weapons. Attacking downhill is easier than uphill and requires less energy. Number four, if you have the high ground, you don't just take a city, you take a region. It's very important. This is why castles and fortresses, which included towers and walls, were designed so that weaponry could be fired from above. Whomever holds the high ground has the greatest advantage. Now, we would say, well, pastor, we don't have these battles anymore. You know, there's no battles going on around me. There is a fight going on right now in your thinking for the high ground. So the devil has always coveted the high ground, and I'll show you why. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. It says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, and you are cursed more than the cattle and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life. Listen to me. The way that God did this, that serpent was upright, at least for a season. When God kicked him out of heaven, he came to earth, and he had some sort of a form where he walked on two legs or walked upright. When God cursed him for what he had done, it put him on his belly. It permanently put the enemy in a place where he's always having to look up at you. And for a prideful person, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. He's always looking up. And because he's always looking up, Satan has always coveted the high ground. Well, hey, we've come to the end of the broadcast. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, I'm going to pick right up here next week. This is going to get really, really good. Tell a friend. Share this video. Um, if you have questions, you can uh, answer or right there in YouTube or in Facebook. But we want to get the word out. We want to be a blessing to you here at West Houston Christian Center. We love you. Pastors Jack and Michelle, we love you very, very much. Jesus is Lord. You know, Pastor Jack, when we listen to Pastor Jack C. on there, he talked about being carnal-minded. And it really struck me that it talked about, he talked about how it's focusing on yourself. And even in our Christian walk, we tend to focus on what God's going to do for me. Sure. What can he do for me? And really that next step in kind of our uh, Christianity growth is about when we start fo focusing on what other people, you know, what can God do for other people through me? And it's, you know, just kind of a, it's a, is it a fine line? It is. When you go from God is great, God is amazing, but let's talk about what he's doing for me. There you go. To God is amazing, how can I help you? Wow. Well, that's what happens, I think, when we get born again is we quit being selfish and we become selfless mm. to others. And uh, 
of course, Pastor Jack. <clears throat> of course, I've I've known him on both sides of the podium, right? Right. And so uh, it's a it's a drastic change. It's a but he's talking about the mind, you know, and the higher place and so forth. I wrote down just one thing about he was talking about. We either give our opinion to a situation, or we say what the word says. Mm. That is really wow strong. Uh, that's there's a big difference, and, and a lot of people when you talk to them about the Bible. Well, my opinion is. We've had people say, Mary Jean was sharing with someone one time about lying is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that. My opinion, so wow. That's what so your opinion is that lying is not a sin, but the Bible says lying is a sin. So yeah, that, that we need to make sure we quote the Bible and not our opinion. Right. It's, it's got to be based on the truth. You know, like, that's why we have a ruler, right? Because they, this is there you go. 12 yeah. inches. Well, that's you say, thinking. It's about... It's roughly 12. Okay, maybe it is roughly, <laughs> but is it exactly? Yeah. It, it made me think about, you know, Robin, my wife, is an artist. And so there's a lot of uh, specifics when you're drawing someone's face, like your eyes line up with your mouth and your nose. And so she has, you know, art students that will paint something. And, and you say, well, I think the eyes are a little, you know, too high in the head when you paint it. And they go, well, that's the way I see it. And so you're oh, like, wow. well, that may be the way you see it, but that is not the way it is. Wow. Because yeah. there's only one truth. The eyes are not that far up on that's your head. That's good. <laughs> so your opinion, that's good. Yeah, so it's yeah, just that's kind a of good, a, that's a good analogy. We have so many opinions. I, in the news today, you know, with all the different things, there are just so many political things going on. But it all surrounds, uh, we don't like what you say, or we don't like what's happening, or we don't like this law. And it all goes back to, but what is the law? Like the law may say that you uh, can't kill somebody. That's in the law, right? But the Bible says you shouldn't murder people, right? Mm. And what we start to get this idea as, as a people is that, yeah, but I didn't like him. Or, yeah, but, no. but he didn't treat me right. Reasons. Yeah. And so mm. my reason, so my opinion, in my opinion, he deserved it. Yeah. So we, we even stretch that opinion to oh, even boy. horrific deeds that people yeah. do. Yeah. Well, this is this living with purpose. Uh, that's why Pastor wants us to listen to it because we're learning. It. We need to live by what the Word says and not by what our opinion says. Right. Amen. And it's from the it's from the smallest things to the largest. Things. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. 